changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with some instant inspiration from Chicken Soup for the Soul. So Valentine's Day is around the corner, and I want to share two of my absolute favorite love stories with you. And then we're going to continue talking about love for the whole rest of the week. Now, both of these stories come from Chicken Soup for the Soul, True Love, which is a book that I loved making so much that I was actually disappointed when we finished the manuscript because I was enjoying the stories so much. So our first storyteller, Cheryl, tells us that it was her senior year of high school and she started telling people, including her boyfriend, that she already knew who she was going to marry. And it wasn't her boyfriend. She had had a dream. And when she woke up, she knew she was going to marry this young, good-looking accounting teacher and basketball coach who had just started at her school. And his name was Mr. Brownlee. So Cheryl said her boyfriend just laughed at her. He thought it was ridiculous. And in fact, nearly every girl in their small town had a crush on Mr. Brownlee. A lot of people thought that he looked just like Clark Kent from Superman. So Cheryl's dream about marrying Mr. Brownlee became a joke among her friends and their parents. And she went off to college, got a job, and did get married, but to a man who was not Mr. Brownlee. So after five years, Cheryl got a divorce. And she had a son from that marriage. And a few years later, she took her son to California for Christmas break. And on New Year's Eve, they headed back to Ohio, flying from Orange County to Pittsburgh, where they would transfer to a flight back to Dayton. While Cheryl and her son were waiting at the gate in Pittsburgh for their connecting flight, who did Cheryl see? But that handsome Mr. Brownlee. He still looked like Clark Kent. Cheryl didn't know what to do, but then she decided to approach him and introduce herself. And he remembered her, but not because he thought that he was going to marry her. It was just that she had been one of his first students when he was a brand new teacher. So they started talking, and Mr. Brownlee asked where Cheryl and her son were sitting on the plane, and Cheryl showed him their boarding passes, and they were in seats 35, B, and C. Mr. Brownlee pulled out his own boarding pass. He was in seat 35A. So Cheryl and Mr. Brownlee talked all the way to Dayton. And it turned out that he wasn't married or engaged or even dating. He was still teaching, but not in her original small town. He was in a larger town. So the flight was way too short. And when it was over, Cheryl handed Mr. Brownlee her business card. And she told him that she could get him free tickets to sporting events because of her job at a radio station. So would he want to go to a game? And he said he might and that he would call her. But then he didn't call. And Cheryl ran into a mutual friend a couple of days later who said that Mr. Brownlee would never call her. She would have to call him. So she did, and it didn't go that well. It was an awkward conversation. And then he said he had to go. He was watching the game. And Cheryl felt like an idiot. But then the mutual friend told her that she had to call him again. And that time, they finally talked, and for hours. And then they started talking on the phone all the time. But Mr. Brownlee never asked her out. So it was becoming clear why he looked like Clark Kent, but wasn't even dating anyone. Cheryl finally became disgusted with this, and she said, 
to him, I have no idea what is going on here, but I'm 33 and you're 41 and I'm not participating anymore. I'm hanging up. So he said, no, wait. And it turned out that he wasn't sure she was interested in him. And now that he knew, he asked her out. But then on the very first date, he said, look, I'm not into dating. So if you're not working towards marriage, then I think I should just drop you off and forget it. Pretty unbelievable, right? What man says that? A week later, he proposed. And six months later, they got married on the porch of the Island House on Mackinac Island in Michigan. Cheryl became Mrs. Brownlee 15 years after she had that dream. I love these meant-to-be stories. After the break, I'll be back with another terrific story about finding love. Our next story starts out with Tony Michelle Nell telling us that she was 26, single, and had just bought her first home. So after she signed the paperwork, she decided to stop and visit some friends before heading back to her old place to pack for her move. These were really good friends, so when Tony got to their house, she just let herself in. And when she entered the living room, she was surprised to find a guy sitting there on the couch. As she was introduced to him, his name was Martin, she couldn't help but notice that his clothing was horribly coordinated. Everything was almost the same color. Also, she noticed that he wasn't really able to speak very much. There was a lively conversation going on, but he seemed to be tongue-tied. And when he did speak, Martin could only stutter and stammer. Tony decided that he must be mildly developmentally challenged, which would explain his speech difficulty and his clothing. A few days later, she stopped by her friend's house again to borrow an electric cordless screwdriver because she wanted to hang some window blinds. Martin was there again, and his clothing was peculiar again, and his speech problem seemed even worse, so Tony didn't know what to do when he offered to drive her home and install her blinds for her. She didn't want to discriminate against a person with challenges, but she didn't even know if it was safe to drive with him. But her friend was acting like this was perfectly normal, so Tony decided to be open-minded and let this slightly challenged man drive her home and help her to put up her new blinds because she wanted to make him feel like he was normal, not disabled. So she got into Martin's truck and they headed to her new home. And when they arrived, Martin pulled a toolbox from his truck and he got right to work. And Tony was impressed because whatever his challenges were, he was very good at hanging the window blinds. He was measuring everything carefully. He wasn't making any extra holes. He wasn't making a mess. And she followed him from room to room as he very competently hung the blinds. She decided to engage him in conversation to be polite. And it was actually weird because he spoke clearly whenever his back was to her. His speech impediment only seemed to kick in when he was facing her. Tony really didn't know what to make of this. He didn't really seem like the mentally challenged person she had thought, and so now she was confused. And then with his back turned to her, he said that he and their mutual friends were going out that Friday night, and he asked if she would like to join them, and Tony surprised herself by blurting out yes to the back of his head. Well, four months later, they were married, and by the time they said, I do, the stammering and stuttering was occurring less often. And then a few months after they were married, Tony told Martin about her mistaken first impression of him 
He just laughed and he said he had stammered and stuttered only when he looked at her because he thought she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen and it made him nervous to be around her. And the weird clothing choices with the almost matching colors? Well, Martin is colorblind. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. And please tell your friends about it because I love sharing these stories. So the more listeners, the better. If you'd like to learn more about the book I mentioned today, Chicken Soup for the Soul, True Love, please go to our website, chickensoup.com and click on the podcasts link. Come back for our next episode when I'll be sharing two stories about the miracle of finding love from our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and More. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.